Kia ora, you're on B-Side Stories. Uh, Access Radio 106.1 FM. It's a jazzy little tune from Wellington band uh, Hans Puckett. It's called If My Life uh, from their album Eczema. Hope you've been having a good day uh, and thanks to uh, Rachel who was in, in the first half. Uh, in the studio with me now, uh, I've got Jim, he's still here, and um, I've got writer, uh, poet, uh, performer, uh, a, few, a few other things I'm sure. Um, Jackson Newland, welcome to the show. Kia ora, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for coming in. Uh, I've been looking forward to uh, talking to you, Jackson. Um, we we do know each other, just a <laughs> quick disclaimer. Um You've just released uh, your debut collection of poetry. Uh, yeah, it's called I Am a Human Being. Uh, it's published by Compound Press. Um, we're launching it next Friday at Unity Books, so people should come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so where did, this, where did this book come from? What can you tell me about it? Um, well, I've been working on it for a long time. Um, I think I wrote the first poem that's in the book in either late 2010 or early 2011. Um, and then I, I wrote a first very early draft in 2012 or 13 when I was living with David. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've kind of just been working on it off and on um, since then. Um, the conceit of the book is that each poem begins with the phrase I am a, and then it is from the perspective of whatever object or thing um, comes next in that phrase. Um, and yeah, so I've kind of up until now that it's actually a physical thing, I've found it hard to like kind of move on from that um, that format kind of whenever I sit down to write a poem that kind of just became my natural way of like kicking things off almost mm. and so it has sort of been brewing for a while um, but now it's it's a physical thing and um, you said it was with Compound Press yeah so um, Compound Press is run by Chris Holdaway um, out of Auckland Um and this year is the first year that they're actually publishing um, full-length books. In the past, they've put out uh, chat books, basically short, kind of zine-like poetry collections, and they've also been putting out a journal called Minarets for quite a few years now. But um, they've kind of just made the leap into full-length books this year, and um, they've always been really supportive to me in the past. Um, they published a collaborative chat book they wrote with my partner, Carolyn DiCarlo, um, a few years ago, a few years ago, called Bound, and when Chris was planning to start doing physical, uh, full-length books, he he reached out to me and he was like, "Hey, do you have anything?" And I was like, "Well, I've been working on this thing," <laughs> um, and I sent it to him. And the next day, he emailed me back and was like, "Yeah, let's do it. Mm. Let's do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> great." And so it's launching. Uh, next Friday? Yep, 7th of August. Mm. At? At Unity Books. Unity. Um, yep. 
Uh, there's already copies there, so <laughs> <laughs> go and get it. Yeah, I've um, I think with your book and another one recently, I I pre-ordered mm-hmm. and uh, was very excited, and you sort of hope that you'll be the first to get it. Um, but I I think that's maybe not off in the way. Yeah, well, especially at the moment, it's mm. it's felt like a very strange time to put out a book because like post has been terrible recently mm-hmm. um a lot of people have been waiting a long time to get those pre-orders and stuff um and I'm, for a while we weren't sure if we were even going to be able to do like a launch or anything mm. um so it's been a bit weird but also very exciting sure so you sort of talked about the format of a lot of these po- uh, well, all of the poems in this mm-hmm. collection are, are i am a. Yep. uh is that just sort of I mean, where does that kind of idea come from? Relating to other things or sure. thinking about identity? Um, yeah, I think from the beginning I was always aware that it was kind of an exploration of identity. And, um, you know, I've always kind of felt like, oh, I'm not a, I'm not, anywhere near like a Walt Whitman um, scholar or anything, but that saying, I contain multitudes, has always kind of rung true to me. Um, mm. But um, it's interesting, because the book as it is now um, definitely has a lot to do with gender and my gender identity and stuff. But when I first started working on it and wrote that first draft, um, you know, I didn't really realise that I was genderqueer or anything. I was just didn't know anything about kind of non-binary gender or anything. I hadn't been introduced Mm. to those concepts. Um, So when I kind of did start coming to terms with that, it kind of definitely put the book in a new light and kind Mm. of um, changed a bit how I went about it. And I think even though, like, I haven't edited every poem to, like, include references to that, um, you can kind of see it. Um, when you read the book now. Yeah, cool. Uh, I I think one of the thanks you have is to your genderqueer heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like that's, uh, you know, developing of ideas or getting to know other people and, and mm. experiences that you can relate to as well, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that I really was introduced to... Um, ideas of non-binary gender and things like that was through, um, you know, queer poetry a lot. Um, I was kind of involved in an online just, like, writing community and stuff, and a lot of the people who I was, like, interacting with were, like, coming out as trans and stuff, and that really introduced me to those concepts and had a huge influence on myself, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you sort of talk about some uh, some other poets whose work you really admire? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, in, I'll talk about a couple of people who may have may have influenced this book. Um, mm. So there's a poet called uh, Zachary Schomburg in the states um, who his poetry. Um, his books definitely function as books rather than like kind of a collection of poems. Um, they'll often be like recurring motifs and images uh, throughout the poems. Um, 
and all of his books have like an index in the back and you, so you can like look it up and it's like um you look up like telephone and it's just like <laughs> every every page that has telephone on it and stuff and that was definitely an influence on me like trying to make this book work as like as a book rather than just a collection I like obviously there's the connecting theme of that format but I also like to think that there's a bit of a narrative arc to it if not a very strong one mm. um, then there's also um, a poet called Never Angeline North um, who is a, a trans woman um, who writes very like surreal and um, strange writing and I really love that um, throughout their transition, every book that they've published has come out under a different author name, Ooh. which <laughs> is really cool. Um, yeah, um, and, and then in New Zealand, there's some um, uh, writers currently who are really exciting to me. Um, Esame Ranapiri is um, a Māori uh, non-binary poet whose collection Ransack was really amazing. It came out last year. And um, I believe Compound Press is going to be publishing a book either late this year or early next year by um, Hana Aoki. And um, mm. I really love her poetry and her essays, which are kind of poetic um, in themselves as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You kind of talked about a, an overall narrative of... Um of your book and uh, I was quite interested to see there's some illustrations in there as well which yeah. which I feel like chart a bit of a narrative absolutely yeah can you talk about that um, yeah basically um, I had this idea of um, a you know those like life cycle diagrams of um, a, a tadpole turning into a frog or like mm. a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. And I thought it would be really cool to um, have one where it's a tadpole turning into a butterfly. <laughs> um, so I asked um, Steph Marie, who's um, a tattoo artist, who's done a lot of um, my tattoos, if she would draw that for me to put it in the book. And she did. She did that over lockdown, actually. Um, it was kind of cool project for her while she couldn't be tattooing people um, <laughs> mm. so we put those in the book and then um, yeah a couple of weeks ago she also tattooed them on me so that's <laughs> really cool um, yeah yeah that's great so I sort of feel like as, aside from the, uh, your own writing that you do mm -hmm. uh, you are involved in a few journals and uh, sort of a, a writing scene I suppose yeah in Wellington. Um, can you talk about what might be happening in the moment or coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of the main thing that I've been involved in for the past few years is um, a reading series called Food Court. Um, and we organise poetry and poetry readings and you know other types of writing as well. Um, and so we have these reading events and then we also make a zine to go along with each one featuring work by all the people who read at the event that people can take home as a kind of artifact. Um, we haven't 
been putting on many events this year, mm. but um, we are currently working on um, a zine called um, Fanake Rise. Um, t- uh, it's all um, POC writers, and it's raising money for the Black Visions Collective in the States, um, part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, that's available for pre-order at the moment. I so look that up. And also, as part of Food Court, um, I'm involved in a project where we're trying to um, start a writer's centre in Wellington. Um, I kind of feel like there's a a gap in our kind of creative infrastructure or ecosystem, um, a place... Um, it's kind of dedicated to the literary arts, uh, where you can be like, you know, events, readings and stuff, but like also workshops and lectures, and people can have desk space or office space, maybe a small bookstore, like um, focusing primarily on small press and independent publications. Um, so we're kind of in the very early stages of trying to get that off the ground. Um, if people are interested in working on that, I would love if they reached out. We are definitely um, trying to kind of make it as much of a community project as possible and have as big a team kind of working together on that. Mm. Sounds like an exciting possibility. Yeah. And, and I definitely agree there's that gap in the landscape mm. for something like this. Awesome. So would you um, be able to read a... A poem or two? Absolutely. For us? Yep. Uh, this is the first time I've actually read out loud from the book before. Ah. Uh, so thanks for giving me the chance <laughs> to do that. I'll read two poems. Um, cool. Here we go. I am a tree. There are so many of us. I spend most of my time standing in the forest with my family. They love nothing more than to stand absolutely still like a plank of wood, only waving their arms every now and then to make sure there's enough wind for the birds to keep flying. The problem is, I hate standing for prolonged periods of time. My legs get all hot and itchy and I can't help but fidget. So every few hundred years, I pull my feet out of the ground and go for a walk. I put my sneakers on and lumber slowly down the street to the dairy, stopping every month or so to bend down and smell the flowers. I buy an ice cream cone and a can of Coke and sit at the bus stop to eat. As I walk back, I look around the neighbourhood. I'm always surprised by how much has changed since my last stroll a new apartment block, the green man in the traffic light replaced by an infinite purple spiral. I used to think that whenever I stepped on a manhole cover or ducked under the overpass that I would be transported to another dimension. But every time I was disappointed that it didn't happen. But I still believed just as fully that I would be teleported to a different reality the next time. And then one day I was, and I realised that I had been wrong all those other times. I had travelled to different dimensions. I just hadn't noticed the differences. Or I had noticed them, 
but they were so small that I just explained them away as things changing over time. I have been a tree in every dimension so far, but I know that one day I will drop into a universe where I'm something else, a fireman or a unicorn or a bottomless pit. I am a cave. I live on a mountainside, way up above the snow line, nestled into the rock wall for warmth. It's just me here. Even the birds don't come up this high. Of course, the humans do sometimes. They come tromping and trumpeting up with their pickaxes and plastic bottles, muddling up the perfect snow with the waffle bottoms of their silly boots. Sometimes they even come inside of me. I hate them. They move my stones around. They arrange my rocks in circles and light fires in them, leaving scorch marks on my floor like non-consensual tattoos. I just want to be left alone. That's why I moved up here in the first place. But no matter where I go, I can't escape them. I used to live at the bottom of the sea, but they clanged around down there too in their metal diving suits. I even tried living on the moon, but there they were again, bouncing around, leaving footprints on my tongue. Maybe I should just close my mouth, turn in on myself and hold my breath until they're all gone and I'm free of all that racket. That could work. But should I wait for these ones to leave first, or should I do it now, while they're still asleep? Cool. Thanks, Jackson. Thank you. So that was I Am A Tree. And I Am A Cave. cave. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I like right at the end of the book, or the little bio says, mm. I am a human being. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Let's um, let's just do the pitch again. We've got a book. <laughs> sure. Uh, the book is called "I'm a Human Being." Um, it's published by Compound Press. It's available in all good bookstores, um, and it's launching at Unity Books on the seventh of August at six p.m. Um, everyone, please come along. It'd be great to see you there. Mm, I I believe it's going to be quite the occasion. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks again, Jackson. Thanks, David.